This episode is all about marketing with Amazon number one best-selling author, Alan Dibb. Welcome to Growth Mindset University. My name is Jordan Paris, 21-year-old author and host of this show. And with this show, you and I will embark on a journey to learn the things that we should have learned in school but did not, so that we may take control of our lives while fulfilling our vision of success. Each episode will feature a brand new lesson, and now it's time for today's lesson. So put your thinking cap on, because school is now in session. All right, my guest today is Alan Dibb. Alan is the author of the number one best-selling book in the global marketing category on Amazon called The One-Page Marketing Plan. Get new customers, make more money, and stand out from the crowd. Alan is a serial entrepreneur, rebellious marketer, and technology expert. He has started and grown multiple businesses in various industries, including IT, telecommunications, and marketing. One of his previous businesses was in the telecommunication industry where he faced heated competition from multi-billion dollar multinational competitors. Alan grew his business from startup to four years later being named by Business Review Weekly as one of Australia's fastest growing companies, earning a spot in the coveted BRW Fast 100 list. Alan is passionate about helping businesses find new and innovative ways to leverage technology and marketing to facilitate rapid business growth. As a highly sought-after business coach, consultant, and public speaker, he frequently shares his proven strategies and cutting-edge tactics with people all over the world. And by the end of this interview, you'll know the secrets of direct response marketing why you can't market like a big business, and if you do, it'll be your downfall, how to brand yourself, how to scale a company, how to play the long game in sales. You'll also learn how to get new customers and clients. You'll learn why you'll fail without a marketing plan and why you need a specific offer to exclude a ton of people. Your niche should be an inch wide and a mile deep. Alan is a seasoned vet. He knows his stuff. This is the guy that I listen to in terms of marketing, and you should be listening to as well. And as far as his book, The One-Page Marketing Plan, you really can learn to develop a solid, robust, and profitable marketing plan for the 21st century, but you need this book. If you really want to grow your business without wasting time and scarce money on marketing, then you got to buy his book and complete the exercises inside. You will not be disappointed. Now, before we get into this, if you are new here, make sure you subscribe to the podcast and leave us an honest review. And now without further ado, here is the one, the only Alan Dibb. All right, Alan Dibb, it's such a pleasure to have you on Growth Mindset University. And let me tell you why, because when I was, yeah, you've done some amazing things with your career and your book has been wildly successful. Now, when I was looking on Amazon at your book, 
yeah, you have about 800 five-star ratings, but the reviews on that book, everyone is loving it. This is the marketing book for you today. This is it's it's un it's unprecedented what is going on on the hubbub that's going on on Amazon right now about your book. Oh, thanks so much, Jordan. Pleasure to be on the show. Yeah, and I've I've um, really enjoyed the process of writing a book and of course uh, connecting with readers. And uh, I'm I'm really thrilled that it's struck a chord with so many people. Right on. Yeah. So, Alan, your what is the secret of direct response marketing? How can we get amazing results with little to no budget and explain a little bit what direct response marketing is first. Yeah, that's a great question. So when you, uh, when you look at marketing, there's almost like two separate branches of marketing. There's like uh, mass media marketing or sometimes it's called brand based marketing. And that's the kind of marketing you might see Coca-Cola do or Apple do or Nike, you know, billboards and lots of logos and all of that sort of stuff. And that's great. I mean, that works really, really well for large companies who have very large budgets. So they might have budgets in the many millions. They might have a few years to roll out a campaign and that works really well. So the whole idea of that type of marketing is that you remember the the brand and then one day uh, you make a purchase. So, and you never know which ad triggered which purchase. Like, and the consumer themselves, I mean, you probably don't know when you bought that Coca-Cola, you don't know which billboard made you buy that Coca-Cola. So, so you don't know, the brand doesn't know. And so it's just about really getting your name out there and um, getting your brand out there. Now, that's very, very difficult to do. It's very expensive to do. And it works well for large companies, but not so well for smaller companies. The, the market marketing that works well for small businesses is called direct response marketing. And what direct response marketing is, is everything is measured. So we know if we spent $10,000 on an ad campaign, then we got $15,000 back or $12,000 back or, or whatever it is in, in profits. We know who opted in, we know who clicked, we know who bought, we know which ad they responded to. So we, we know everything. And the whole point of direct response marketing is when you write an ad, is for someone to connect with that ad and take a particular action. So that action might be opting in on your emailing list, that might be calling a toll-free number, it might be clicking to buy uh, your product. So uh, we want our marketing we want people who see our advertising and our marketing to take a very specific action. So the, that's, that's direct response marketing and that's the difference between kind of mass media style marketing and direct response marketing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. The mass media marketing is of course very expensive. Like you said, it's, and it's a very long game. You never know what ad is going to exactly. trigger it. And so I'm curious then, or people may be curious where to create this ad. Where, you know, yep. so, so some people like, what the heck do I do? Where do I go? Uh, Facebook ads, yep. Google AdWords. What what am I doing here? I don't know. That's a great question. So, so it's all about really understanding your audience very very well. So, uh, and this is where we really must start is um, defining your target market very, very, uh, very, very well, very, very tightly. So understanding exactly who the audience is. And then once we know who the audience is, 
we know a little bit about where they might hang out. So uh, one particular audience might be very strong on Facebook or another audience might be very strong on Instagram or another audience might be strong uh, on a particular blog or type of blog or, or whatever else. Um, some audiences like, for example, if you're in B2B, um, uh, even snail mail is a really good way to reach them, believe it or not. Uh, probably a lot of people listening to this uh, would have never received a piece of snail mail. So, um, uh, But uh, that can be a, a really, um, really good way to get cut through and good way to get return on investment. So it all starts with exactly who is my target market and then starting to analyse what do they want and starting to craft a message to them around exactly uh, exactly what their problem is and trying to solve their problem in a very, very specific way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, exactly. Now, there's a lot of people too, and this might not be your, your scope of expertise, but a lot of people, you mentioned that product and solving that problem. A lot of people don't know what they want to do, what they want to create, what they want to offer. How do you go about determining how did you go about determining what to write, you know, with your books and what services to offer with your company? Yep. Look, it's, it's funny. Like a lot of people say, you know, I don't know what niche I, I want to be in, or I don't know uh, what, uh, what, what, who, what market I should serve, but it's highly likely you've got some unique skills. So it's either highly likely you've had a particular type of experience. So maybe you've, um, built muscle or maybe you've lost weight or maybe you've uh, done something, you've written a book or you've created a podcast. So it's highly likely you've got some kind of experience behind you. It's also likely you've got some kind of skills. So maybe, uh, maybe you've learned uh, how to play music. Maybe you've learned how to do something. And one of the things I really like uh, people who are not exactly sure to start doing a little bit of research. And some of that research might be speaking to a group of friends and saying, uh, saying to your friends, look, what is it that you would absolutely refer people to me for? Like, so what kind of skill? And it can be a skill that you're not even, uh, you know, you naturally have that you're not even aware of. So it might be you're really, you're really, really good at helping people with relationships. <laughs> so, and your friends know you're, you're the go-to person to, to help people with relationship advice. So uh, a really good thing to do is to speak to a group of your friends and say, look, what are my what are my special unique skills and you know for me when i was um when i was first starting out i was a tech geek so you know my my bedroom was full of computers and all of that sort of stuff so that was definitely a, a skill i i had so and uh, that really formed the basis of the first two of my companies so that my first company was an it company my second company was in telecommunications and so I leveraged my skills in technology and, you know, I was the kid that everyone brought their broken computers and, uh, and hardware to, to, to help fix or uh, with software and all of that. And so y- you really need to do a self analysis of what kind of skills you've got, what kind of, anal- what kind of experiences you've had, because both of those things are important. Um, what skills you, you've developed and what experiences you've had in your life and then also get some outside views on uh, what your special unique talents are. Certainly. Now I'm going to ask a question to, to further venture down that to scratch my own itch here. Mm-hmm. I have 
a web development company. I develop websites mm-hmm. and it's really great where I can, you know, I can make $2,000 in an hour. Now, yep. here's the thing. Clients are not always steady and, and, and it is me doing the work for the mm-hmm. most part. You know, I can outsource, I outsource maintenance, but how, at, at the core of it right now, it seems as if I am, in this sense, more of a freelancer than mm-hmm. an entrepreneur. How would you go about, about building a brand and a marketing plan as a current freelance web developer and really scaling this? Yep. First of all, there's a couple of things. So um, when you're starting out and when you're a small business, um, forget about brand kind of stuff. Like, uh, like, we, like we mentioned earlier, like the brand kind of marketing where you get your name out there, get your logo out there. That's stuff you need to worry about well, well down the track. And one of the best ways of branding is by selling. So concentrate on sales. And it kind of goes back to the definition of branding. Like if you, like a lot of people don't even know what a brand really is. Um, you know, if you look up, the definition of a brand online, you'll get uh, thousands of different uh, answers. Some people say it's the logo, it's the look, it's the company and all of that. But here's what the definition of a brand is. The a brand is the personality of the business, right? So if you think of, um, uh, if you think of uh, someone, uh, someone's personality, like, uh, like me, like you, so what makes up a personality? It, it might be, you know, the values that you have, Um, the attitude that you have, the clothes that you wear, how you speak, how you interact with people, your values, all of that. Exactly. So you don't need to do anything to, uh, I mean, you've got, you've got a brand already. Now it's just a matter of whether you're communicating that to your audience. So you've got a particular vibe with your podcast and it's very, very different to other podcasts. Other podcasts might be very stiff and stuffy and kind of boring. And, you know, you, you've got one that's kind of much looser. It, it talks to a, directly to the audience and their values. So, so that's really what a brand is. A brand is the personality of the business. So really you, the best branding in my opinion, when you're starting off is sales. So, uh, because no one's going to know about your personality until they've done business with you, right? So Coca-Cola, Apple, all of these big companies who do branding campaigns, they started doing this after they were already successful. That's not how they became successful. That's what they did after they became successful. So so in the beginning, they concentrated, like I, like I um, advised, on sales, right? So Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak, they went to trade shows selling uh, Apple hardware, right? They concentrated on sales long before they ever did any kind of branding and all of that sort of stuff. Same with Jeff Bezos and Amazon. He set up a website to sell books, right? So he didn't do big branding campaigns and billboards and things like that. So the, the, the first thing is to really, really concentrate on, uh, on sales and uh, really start to um, fulfill uh, your customers' expectations in a really uh, fantastic way. So you want to build a tribe of raving fans because once you've got clients who love what you do, um, then scaling that business becomes much, much easier. The second part of the question is um, how do you go from being a freelancer to on, an entrepreneur, right? So that's a really, really good question. And 
you need three types of people in your business to become a, a very successful high scale business. So you need the entrepreneur. That's the ideas person. That's the people like you and me. We have an idea. We, we decide, right, we're going to start a web development business. We're going to start an IT business. And, uh, you know, you have the ideas, the vision, the drive and all of that. So you've already probably got that role covered off. The second type of person you need is the specialist. And the specialist might be, for example, in your business, um, the web development expert, right? And right now that that's you, but um, there's only one of you and you've only got 24 hours a day and you probably want to sleep for about eight of those hours and you probably want to go out and party or spend time with family or whatever for, <laughs> for a few of those hours. So you don't have many hours to, to sell. So you need to start employing some other specialists to do some of the delivery, right? Um, and then the most important uh, role that's often missing is the manager role. And that's the person who comes in every day, makes sure that customers are happy, help this help desk tickets are taken care of. That's the stuff that bores entrepreneurs to death, right? But that's a very, very important part of the, um, the, the role. And that's, that's the person who's going to help you scale your business. So you need to make sure you, you have your people strategy covered off, that you've got the right people in your business so that you can take on uh, much, much more business right now. If uh, I know you said, you know, it takes you an hour to do a $2,000 website, but let's say you got a hundred of those sales, right? You'd be, you'd be stuck, right? Because not enough hours in the day. So, Absolutely. so, <laughs> so you need a way that you can scale that right up. I hope that makes sense. Absolutely. Thank you. Alan. So you, now you talk about in your book being a farmer, not a hunter. Yep. What does that mean? Yeah, so uh, so often um, as entrepreneurs, we kind of go for the kill. Like we, we want to close the deal right now. We want to get people in and they're either ready to go or they're time wasters kind of thing. Um, and in my opinion, um, pretty much anyone can sell to a prospect who's ready to buy right now. You know, if someone's ready to, for a website right now, okay, click here, buy now or opt in here. Um but very few people know how to deal with a prospect that's ready to buy in 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, sometimes a year's time. And it's the marketers who know how to do that, who are going to win every time. Because uh, if you can, if you know how to build, how to farm and nurture a, a prospect uh, for a long period of time, you're going to build up a big, big pipeline of future business. Like for example, I had a guy who signed up for my high level coaching program uh, a couple of weeks ago and I asked him, how long have you been on my mailing list? And he said, two years, right? So, <laughs> so if two years ago I said, oh, this, this guy's just a tire kicker. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm not going to keep in touch with him. That, that would have been business that was gone. And that's a very regular occurrence in my business. So I, I have a process where I can nurture uh, prospects on my list who, who I keep in touch with on a regular basis. And very often when they're ready, when something changes in their life or in their business, they're ready to do business and, and uh, I've got that pipeline. So exactly the same. So that's farming. So that's like um, similar to you spreading seeds out into the hut and then uh, watching it grow, watering it, taking care of it. And then when the harvest comes, you reap the harvest. So it's about playing the long game. Playing the long game. That's exactly right. That's exactly mm. right. And there's nothing wrong with hunting. Sometimes you do need to do a bit of hunting. You, you, you know, you, you need to eat, your family needs to eat and you say, right, we're going to 
uh, we're going to go and uh, get some business in and we're going to, we're going to be a bit more aggressive, but the long game really is uh, all about farming. Certainly. What are some of the dangers of the short game going for gold, going for that, the, the temptation of maybe getting that quick sell and, and, and making a cold offer and what, what are some of, some of the dangers? Uh, well, some of the dangers is that you, you have a very low close rate and a lot of wastage because uh, the vast majority of people will not be ready to buy right now. So even, you know, like uh, take my own experience recently. So uh, I went shopping for an electric bike and I went to a big electric bike store and the guy was just trying to, to close me right then and there. And uh, I just wasn't convinced that I had enough information. I didn't know, uh, mm. you know, the, the type of bike, whether I wanted more of a commuter bike or more of a mountain bike. I didn't know uh, the type of motor I wanted, the type of distance and all of that. And the guy was just trying to make a quick sale. And, you know, I left that store. I didn't, uh, without buying. A few weeks later, once I had all the information that that I needed, uh, I made the a purchasing decision and I didn't buy from him. Now, had he given me information and had he kept in touch with me and had he given me value during that buying process and helped me make that informed decision, I probably would have bought from him. So it's very likely that even though he uses high pressure tactics that he closes some people right there on the spot, it's very likely he has a very close, low close rate, maybe five, 10, 15%. Whereas if you play the long game, if you wait until people are ready and if you're the one who's top of mind, who's been giving them a lot of value, who's been nurturing uh, them over time, it's very highly likely they'll do business with you. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, I mean, it's tempting to go for that quick, that quick it fix, is. but you know, the long game is, I believe, I mean, that's my philosophy. I mean, it's essential. And it seems that, you know, you need to give that information to build the trust, which is ultimately, I think the difference in the long game, earning trust is a long game, right? Earning trust and building authority. And if you think about it, um, you know, who do you trust more? A salesman who's kind of just going in for the kill or uh, someone who's become an educator and an authority in your life? Someone who's uh, given you value, who's educating you on the area that, that they, they specialize in. So everybody trusts an educator. Very few people trust someone who's just a salesman going out to, to make a sale. Exactly. I mean, nobody likes to be sold. Everyone likes shopping with friends. Exactly. That's exactly. Sort, of, sort of what I yeah. think about. That's from, uh, that's from Ryan Serhant. I don't know if you know him, the, the, the guy on that million dollar listing show. But oh, yep, 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 yep. Yep, yep. Exactly. It. That changed my philosophy. I heard him say that. It changed my philosophy forever. That's a good so, one. Yeah. So why is, why, what is big business style marketing and why can it kill your business and what are some of the strategies that actually work for small and medium sized businesses? Yeah. So, so we've discussed a little bit about um, brand based marketing and large company marketing, but uh, it's good to have a bit of a deep dive into why it it may not necessarily work for you. So uh, large company marketing is kind of uh, all about getting their name out there. And part of the reason that they do that is they've got different priorities than small businesses. So a large company, and I've consulted to many large companies and you know, they're, it's funny, their uh, philosophy is completely different to small businesses. Small businesses are all about being effective, being, uh, making the sale, um, 
you know, getting results. Whereas large companies, politics plays a large part of uh, everything that they do. And so uh, that flows on into their marketing. So their, uh, some of their priorities might be, you know, pleasing the board of directors, appeasing shareholders, you know, satisfying their superiors' biases, you know, satisfying existing clients' preconception, winning awards and advertising and creative awards and things like that. They want to get buy-in from different stakeholders and different committees. And somewhere down the bottom of the list is actually making a profit. Um, whereas for a small business, the only thing on their priority list uh, when it comes to marketing is making a profit, right? So all that other, other fluffy stuff really doesn't matter. So if you're uh, copying their strategy and if you're copying their, um, their kind of campaigns, you're going to get a very different result. So, uh, you know, you, you need to know when, whenever you're following someone's advice, you need to understand what their agenda is. So you need to understand their agenda if you're going to follow the kind of marketing that they do. And it's highly likely as a small business, you really don't want the kind of results that, that they do. They spend millions of dollars. They spend a lot of time and usually they get very, very little result, uh, very little, um, financial results. So uh, they get the results that they want in terms of getting their name out there, pleasing boards of directors, all of that sort of stuff. But that's probably not what you want to do as a small business. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Alan, this has been an awesome conversation. I, I got to tell you, man, like I, I can listen to your voice, your, your, your Australian <laughs> accent all day. Like I, I, I love it, man. Um, <laughs> But your so so your your book is the one page marketing plan. That's it. How right? So what does maybe a one page marketing plan look like? A simple step by step process, you know, for creating your own personalized marketing plan is how you sort of describe it. What is this? What does this process look like? Why is it important? Uh, why I don't get it. Yeah. So. Um it's a great question. So when I started um, coaching clients in marketing, one of the first things I wanted them to do was create a marketing plan. And very few of them did because they had this idea that it was something very difficult to do, very expensive. It was going to be a lot of pages. It was going to be very difficult to put together. And so I created this process called the one page marketing plan. where literally in a single page. They could put together a very sophisticated direct response marketing plan. Now, why is a plan important? Like if you look at anything that's kind of worthwhile doing or anything where the stakes are high, um, people have a plan. Like, it, you know, you'd be freaked out if you stepped on a plane and you overheard the pilot saying, ah, oh, don't worry about the flight plan. We know how to get there. You know, <laughs> so, so, you know, same with your, your doctor, you know, your doctor follows a treatment plan. The military follows a military operations plan. Pilots follow a flight plan anywhere where the stakes are high. Uh, there's a plan in place. Now, if you don't have a plan, for your business and especially the most important part of your business, which is the marketing, which is the customer getting, then you're going to be in a bit of trouble. And again, the stakes are very high. You know, people might be relying on, on your business, you know, you, your family, your employees, things like that. So it's so important to, to have a plan. Now the one page marketing plan, literally um, in a single page, maybe 20 to 30 minutes, you can map out a very sophisticated direct response marketing plan and it covers all the important parts of a marketing strategy. And it does that in nine 
uh, steps. So we, it's a step-by-step. You go step one through to step nine, and it's all about taking people from someone who doesn't even know that you exist right through to someone being a raving fan and being uh, referring new business to you and doing business with you on a regular basis. Yeah, man, life is, life is best lived by design. I believe if you want to be healthy, make a plan to be healthy. If you want to be happy, make a plan to be happy. If you want a prosper, a prosperous business, you make a business plan. If you, if you want to have effective marketing, you make the one page marketing plan. It's that simple. Like what are you planning on? Right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, so now how, how does one negotiation is a big thing, a crucial skill, I believe. Um, now how do you go about closing a sale and not necessarily without splitting the difference? Yep. without being pushy and needy with the prospect? That's a really, really good question. And, you know, I, I do that almost every day. I have new people starting with me or, and all of that. And here's the thing. If you've done the first, the, your marketing really well, sales becomes effortless, right? I never try to convince someone or close someone or, or push them or anything like that. Um, by the time I get onto the phone with someone or by the time someone's ready to do business with me, they're usually asking to uh, what the next step. So they'll say that all sounds great. So what, where do we go from here? Uh, so if, if you've done, if you've selected your target market, right, if you've crafted a really compelling message, if you've uh, nurtured them and kept in touch with them and given them a lot of value, then by the time that they go to buy, it becomes completely effortless. You do not need any crazy closed techniques. You didn't need any pressure because whenever you introduce pressure into the sales process, people start doing weird stuff like pressure makes everybody feel weird. It makes you feel weird having to pressure someone and the person on the other end feels pressure and they do weird stuff. They give you the silent treatment or they ignore your emails or phone calls. Uh, they give you excuses and things like that. So so important that you remove pressure from the sales process. So uh, for me, when I get on the phone with someone, it's really all just about, Hey, are we right for each other? Does this sound like a good fit? And if yes, it's a very natural progression. So there's no pressure. There's no weird closes or, or any of that sort of stuff. Mm, so if your marketing's done right, you shouldn't really have to sell too hard. That's what you're exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Your sales process becomes just essentially order taking and deciding whether you're a good fit for each other. Absolutely. Right on, man. Right on. Uh, you know, so there's, there's a lot of, a lot of competition out there. Um, you know, how do you stand out from the competition? How do you annihilate the competition? So to say. Yep. Uh, it, it all comes down to being, being, a category of one. So, you know, like take my book, for example, you, 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 you rightly mentioned that it has a lot of uh, very good reviews on Amazon. Like if you search Amazon for marketing books, there are thousands of marketing books, right? So you'll find that most of them are very general in nature that they just talk about um, some kind of very, uh, you know, airy fairy concept or they're very general in nature. They're not actionable, but, um, 
I wrote a book that was very, very specific, very narrow in focus. It was all about creating a marketing plan and uh, really even more narrow, creating a direct response marketing plan. So, um, and the whole point of that was to eliminate people that would be irrelevant. And I essentially created a category of one. So there's no one else that's got a book on direct response marketing uh, planning, right? So uh, that's it. I'm a category of one. There are no competitors. Now, of course, there are competitors in terms of there's other books and things like that. But it's all about someone saying, hey, that is for me. You know, someone who's searching on Amazon for a book about marketing or marketing planning and they see the one-page marketing plan and they, they see, right, that sounds like it's for me you know it sounds like an easy process it sounds like it'll help me create a marketing plan and so that's the whole point of what you you want to do you want to come come to the market with an offer that's a compelling offer where someone will look at it and say hey that's for me and I know it can be scary sometimes because people think you know I don't want to exclude a lot of people right so like in my case I could have called the book marketing 101 and then that would have been a very general book right so and you know, that would cover more people, but very few people would say, hey, that's that's for me. People would say, all right, that's another another marketing book out yeah. of the 10,000 marketing books that are that are out there, right? So, uh, so you want to be very, very specific. Go to market with a very specific offer, and the whole point of that specific offer is for it to be very compelling to a small group of people, for, for a small group of people to look at that and say, hey, that is for me. Yeah, certainly, you know, being vulnerable, I sort of before we got on the air here, that's what I was saying about my book, how, you know, it's it's general and there are a lot of books like it and how my next book is going to be, uh, you know, to correct this sort of issue. It's going to be a much deeper dive into something very niche, very, very unique. And yeah. so that there, you know, there's, it, I'm in a league of my own. Perfect. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's the whole idea. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, man, you know, how there, this is something to, as far as like competition though, everyone, a lot of people are in like, you know, a race to the bottom to, uh-huh. to like be the cheapest. Yep. And, and it does, I don't, I don't really participate in that. I don't really believe in that. My philosophy is, you're either the best or you're mm-hmm. the cheapest. And mm-hmm. in terms of websites and my products, I'm the best. And mm-hmm. I know it. Uh, I, like I, with, with websites, I am in a league of my own. Like I know that. Um, but how does one charge high prices? How do you gain that ability? You know, charge high prices for your products and services and have customers actually thank you for it. Yep. So... That's a really, really good question. So, um, the problem with um, the problem problem with a race to the bottom is that you might win, <laughs> and yeah. that's that's a race you do not want to win. <laughs> no. And even worse, you might come second or third, right? So, um, uh, you, you you do not want to win that race. So, there's always someone willing to go out of business faster than you. There's always someone willing to be cheaper than you. So that's not a game you want to play as you rightly indicated. Um, How do you get people to thank you for paying you more by delivering a world-class experience, right? So, you know, like a a Rolls Royce costs what, like a hundred times more than a regular car. 
it's not a hundred times better than a regular car. It's a, it's a little bit better. It's got, you know, you know, and most cars these days, they've got leather, they've got, you know, heated seats, all of that sort of thing. So, uh, but it's the experience of buying and owning a, a Rolls-Royce that makes it a unique experience, right? So if you can deliver someone a world-class experience where they become raving fans, people want to spend more money. People actually like spending money on things, on experiences that uh, they can speak about that are remarkable. Like literally the word remarkable means they're going to remark about their experiences. So your job is to learn how to deliver a remarkable experience for a small uh, niche of people. And when I could talk about a niche, I talk about a niche being an inch wide, but a mile deep, right? So mm-hmm. it, it's very specific to people who say that is for me. You know, there are very few people who maybe will, will ever buy a Rolls Royce or there are very few people who will buy like a Rolex watch, but it's a very deep market. There are many people in that target market who are kind of raving fans of that brand or raving fans of that type of product. So you want to be, you want to figure out how you can create that niche. That's an inch wide and a mile deep. Certainly. So people can get your book on Amazon, the one page marketing plan, number one bestseller in global marketing on, on Amazon. It's got the really cool, badass, literally number one bestseller badge from Amazon on the, on the you can get the book there. Then go to successwise.com to learn more about you. Correct. That's it. That's correct. it. Yep. So, so Amazon grab my book. It's also available on audible as an audio book. So uh, oh, we get to li- wait, we get to listen to you. You get to listen. Uh, well, actually, it's not me narrating oh, it. But, uh, <laughs> I didn't think people would want to listen to my Aussie accent for for uh, six hours. But uh, anyway, <laughs> uh-huh. it's not. Uh, but it's a really good audio book. Uh, so uh, I know a lot of people who are listening in like listening. So you can listen to the book. Um, you can grab it on Amazon, and of course, uh, you can join in the conversation at successwise.com. Certainly, Alan. I got to acknowledge you, man. I only bring on people who I know are going to deliver actionable things that we can actually implement right now. And you did that for us today. Uh, You are an expert in marketing. Yes, in my eyes, but I know in many others as well. You, you just know your stuff. You're a seasoned vet. You speak, you're very well-spoken. You very rarely say, uh, or um, or like, you just know what you're doing. And you're someone we should learn marketing from. You're someone that I'm going to continue to learn marketing from and study from part of this podcast. I mean, the whole original thing about this podcast, this is me learning. This is me learning and people just like to listen to me learning. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. uh, So I'm going to continue to study up on you and I'm sure we'll continue our dialogue as well. I'd love to do that, Alan. Perfect, Jordan. It was a pleasure being on the show and uh, I've really enjoyed speaking to you as well. Absolutely. So I do have one final question. One final question. And this is is a very fitting one because I said life is best lived by design and your book is is about that. It's about making a plan, making a marketing plan. So what does life beautifully designed look like to you? To me, a life beautifully designed is, it's different to every person, but it's you following exactly the kind of life that you want to live. Like for example, for me, it's all about 
working from whenever, wherever I want to be. It's not having to wake up to an alarm clock. It's not having to wear a suit. I hate wearing suits and things like that. I wear shorts and a t-shirt in summer or tracky dacks in, uh, <laughs> in winter. So um, really, uh, it, it's all about you know, living your authentic self and not having to do things that you don't want to do. So some people love wearing a suit and going to an office and things like that. And that's okay too, right? So, um, but it's all about uh, not having to do something that you don't have to do. So living life on your own terms, that to me is what it's all about. Alan Dibb, you're the man. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Jordan. Pleasure being on. There you have it, my friends. This has been another episode of the Growth Mindset University podcast. Now, if you enjoyed this one today, I would really appreciate it if you could leave us a quick five-star rating in iTunes. All you have to do is grab your iPhone or iPad, open up the Apple Podcast app, hit the search tab, search the show, Growth Mindset University, or just search my name, Jordan Paris, tap the show, scroll all the way to the bottom, and then just hit that fifth star, and that helps us tremendously in ways that you could never even imagine. It means the absolute world to me when people do this. I would be eternally grateful if you do that. We're pushing 100 ratings right now, and it's really making a difference for this show. And of course, if you've not already subscribed to the show, just make sure you do that wherever you're listening to so that you don't miss that next episode. I know you're not going to want to miss it. And you only heard this episode today because I thought it was valuable enough to post here. So if you want to share that value with your friends, your family, go ahead and do that. Share this episode with them. Take a screenshot. Send it to them. Take a screenshot. Put it on your Instagram story and tag me at J underscore Paris underscore so that I know you're listening and I can get back to you and put a face to the name. Now, if you're ready to really take your life to the next level, my book is on Amazon. It is also called Growth Mindset University. It's all about how to learn anything, how to take control of your life, and how to fulfill your vision of success. And you're not just supporting me and this channel by getting this book, but you're also getting this awesome book that's going to lay out the rules and principles to design your life full of joy and fulfillment. All right. I love you all so very much. And until next time, my friends, make every day count, live to learn and grow to give. <laughs>